Welcome to the 18th episode of Mr. Schindler's Neighborhood. Uh, this week's episode will include our third to last, I would guess, um, pick statement with uh, Brock Grable. Um, I'll take a look at uh, the best thing I've seen or heard this week. We'll look ahead um, next week, what's coming up with the ski trip and math and everything. Review what we talked about this week in math. Um, got a new quote. We'll talk about sports, and that's going to start shifting towards basketball. And then I'll talk about a little bit about what I did last week on Thursday for uh, a training that I went to. Mr. Schindler with Brock Grable for our second to last football picks. Because unless you want to pick the Pro Bowl next week, which I really don't want to because some people don't try it. We're, so. pick, we're picking the Pro Bowl. We're going to pick the Pro Bowl. Okay, so I, I take it back. It'll be our third to last, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yes. there we go. So, we've got two games this week. That's it. Because now the college season's over. All we have left is professional football, right? Yep. You know what we really could do to keep this going? The XFL is going to start. That could be fun. I don't know much about it, but we could do that. But anyways, you got the NFC championship game and the AFC championship game. Now, I just called Brock out on something. Okay, so listeners, Brock has been going around here the last few days talking about how the Chiefs are his Super Bowl pick. And yada, 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 Patrick Mahomes this, Patrick Mahomes that. And I said, wait a second. I specifically remember you saying the Ravens are your Super Bowl pick. So Brock and I just sat here and listened to the last couple episodes uh, skimming through them. And I found when Brock was picking between the Ravens and Rams, and he goes, Ravens, well, actually, they're my Super Bowl pick. So it felt pretty good to prove him wrong. So now... You know, not the Ravens lost. He wanted to jump off the bandwagon. And a couple things, though. What? One, that was before playoffs started. And two, as soon as the playoffs did start, I went with the Chiefs. You can't change your pick. You can't make a bold prediction like that and then back and off I of actually, it. And I actually did, like, right before the NFL season actually did start, I said specifically out loud in my family, you could probably ask them, maybe they'd remember, but I said Chiefs, You know Browns. what, though? Best part about what you said about the Ravens, I have it recorded. Yep. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But anyway, back to our picks. And you know, Brock, I gotta look at this. I gotta look at our standings here. So we picked uh, six games last week, okay? And you picked LSU correct. We both picked NDSU. We both picked the Ravens wrong. Oops. You picked, let's see, the Chiefs. I was wrong, I picked the Texans. I picked the Seahawks. No, you picked the Seahawks. I picked the Packers. Then we both picked the Vikings. So let's review this. You went 1 0, 2 0, 2 1, 3 1, 3 2, 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 3 so actually, you gained a game on me. So now I'm uh, 52 and 25. So um, still have a nine-game lead. Yeah, you're probably gonna end. You're you might win this. Yeah, I think game, I don't think there's enough games left unless we pick XFL. I'm just happy I got the. Um, I have the winning record. Fair enough. You're above 500. Now let's just pick these last two games. Last two. Here we go. You got 49ers, Packers, Titans, Chiefs. Give me the NFC pick first. I think 49ers. Do you think they're too much for the Packers? They're too much. Now, 
I think it's interesting because these teams did play this year, and, and the 49ers sort of embarrassed them. Yeah, and you know it's going to be totally different this time around. And they have yep. Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to pick the Packers. I think it's going to be a super close game. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make it really interesting. And Devontae Adams is on a roll. I mean, Aaron Jones. The Packers are good. I don't like to admit that, but they are. Yep. But the 49ers got a little something different. And you saw that D-line dominate the Vikings. Yeah, I think that D-line is going to put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And I think in a key moment, they're going to get a big sack or force a big turnover, that type of thing. And I think 49ers will go to the Super Bowl. What do you got for uh, Titans and uh, Chiefs? Yeah, after you proved me wrong with that, yeah. um, that was before. And then right at the beginning, I thought I thought Patriots were going to be the Titans, so I didn't think Titans were going to make it this far. Not yep. even close. I don't think anybody did. They've had a couple of really big wins, mm-hmm. but I think Chiefs are going to do it. Yeah, Chiefs are... Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Damon yeah. Williams, Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid, he's a good coach too. You know... I think all signs point to me picking the Chiefs here. Um, the way they got down 24 nothing last week and just acted like it was nothing and ended up scoring, what, 51 points or whatever it was? Yeah. I mean, their offense 31. is the best offense in the NFL left. Um, their defense is playing pretty good, too, actually. So um, Tennessee can't really throw the ball. You know, all they can do is run. Yeah, they have Derrick yeah. Henry. Like, yeah. last couple of weeks, he's been dominant. He's rushed for 180 yards. So, um, like I said, all signs point to the Chiefs winning, but... When it comes down to it, who do I like? I like Mike Rabel. I don't know if you know who Mike Rabel he's is. The he's coach. the Titans coach. I like what he does. He's got a great relationship with his players. Um, he was actually a former Patriot. Yeah, and he also played at Ohio State and was the Ohio State. So, uh, D coordinator, I think, for a while. But anyways, I love the way he works with his players. I see the relationship he has. He's working out with them before the game. The guy's sort of crazy, and I like that. And I think he's smart, and I think he's the next best coach in the NFL, I believe. And I like the buttons he's pushing with his team. They're hot. There's nothing to lose. I mean, they have nothing to lose. All the pressure's on the Chiefs, right? Tennessee's the sixth seed. Yep. They're going to come in. They're going to run the ball like they've been doing the last few games. They're going to control the clock. They're going to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. The They're going to rattle them because the defense, look out for Kenny Vaccaro, former Texas Longhorn, making plays. I'm going to take the Titans in an upset to set up San Fran versus Tennessee in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, Chiefs, 49ers. I guess we'll find out. Chiefs win. Right, the best thing I've seen this week, or I guess we've done this week in my class, uh, it was, let's see, today's there. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday we did an activity to start the day. Uh, we didn't have bands, so it sort of threw off our morning. And um, I just did this activity where we went around the room every student in our class, and we shared, uh, I gave him a few minutes to think about it, it was pick three words that best describe you. And so then we went around and we shared those three words to everybody. And I would, as the teacher, comment a little bit here and there. And then after that, we went back around the room, so that same person would be up, and then us as a class would tell words that we think describe them. And they were all positive words. And I just really liked it because you could see the smile on kids' faces. Um, you know, maybe they didn't believe that they were good at this or they had this trait. And then for three or four other individuals in the class to say that's how they would describe them, it made them feel good. And you can just see that, like I said. And the point of it is is to build camaraderie in our class. And I just really enjoyed hearing some of the words that the kids would come up with. And just some of the things that I they would say about each other were, you know, maybe there are two individuals where I was just shocked that this individual said, uh, you know, the, the kind thing about the other one. So... 
you know, where normally you would see them button head. So it's just fun to see kids and I don't get along, say nice things about each other. And like I said, it's just building the camaraderie and building that climate or that culture here in the classroom. So that was the best thing we did. And to end it, I was going to end it. And then they go, well, actually, Mr. Schindler, what about you? So then I had given an example of, you know, three words I thought best described me. Well, then it was really interesting to hear how the students describe me, the words they came up to describe me. And it's funny. Uh, some of it's the stuff that, like, I'm going for, like, I strive for as a teacher. And it's fun to hear that. And then all of a sudden they're saying things. I'm like, oh, really? You guys, like, things I'm not striving for and I don't maybe think that I do. But they say, no, you do do that. So that was a positive thing for me. And, and reinforce things that I think I'm doing. But it also let me know, hey, you are doing this, yet you don't know that. So um, fun. And then some of the things they're saying about me, and it's, it's, it matched up with uh, an activity we've had to do as a staff. It's the Clifton Strengths Finder. So some of the things the kids were saying about me matched up perfectly to like my top three strengths, like positivity, um, woo, which is winning over others. You want to include, you know, includer, like just things how I include the student's voice and things we do. It's not just everything that I want to do. Um, you know, the positivity. And it was just, like I said, fun. And I think it created a better environment in here for not only for me, but for the students involved too. And then I think I'm going to extend this segment a little bit talking about last week. Um, I had mentioned a, a training that I'd went to in the introduction. I went to a um, cultural competency training and I went with Mrs. Inniger and Mrs. Solom. And it was it was a very, very beneficial um, training that we went to. And I learned a lot of things, but the thing, the biggest thing I take away from it is these things called microaggressions. Um, and those are basically things that we do, and they're micro, right? They're microscopic, little things we say, or little actions that we do that are very aggressive to other people that we don't know about. And we keep doing them without thinking, without knowing, and it really affects other people. So I think what it's taught me is, you always got to be careful with what you say and you always got to be careful with what you do too but it's really opened my eyes in the sense okay I'm thinking about what I'm saying in class each day what I'm doing how could this affect people you know how how could this push somebody away from me or is this a positive thing I'm saying to me it might seem positive but I have to look through a different lens and say is that positive in their lens so really like the microaggression thing because I think we're all guilty of it I think we all say things and it's just we don't know how everyone's going to react. We know how we react if we say it, but I can't tell you how Jimmy or John or, you know, Karen are going to, you know, react to what I'm saying or how I do that every day. And like I said, it, they tell you, you know, you do it and you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And eventually that student breaks or they get, they just push away and you, you've lost them. So I found that very interesting and just sort of brought that back here and just think about how I do things. So hopefully you understood what microaggressions was. Okay, quick quote, quick motivation here for the week. Uh, defeat doesn't define you. You define yourself after defeat. Makes a lot of sense. Just because you lost, that doesn't mean you're a loser. It's what you take away from that loss that will define you. How do you respond? Right, your back's against the wall. Do you keep pushing forward or you just stop and give up? That's basically what it comes down to. Um, 
you know, and this, it, it's from a daily email I get and I just, I saw it, it was bold, it was highlighted. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Uh, and it's, it also in here, it talks about, um, you know, the dark days after defeat present you with defining moments. And it's true. Like you think about some of the biggest games you've lost or when your career ends and it's, it is a sad feeling in a dark, dark place that you're at when uh, it's all done. But what can you take away from that? What did you, um, get from that, um, some, and this also talks about some of the greatest champions are born in the bottom of a deep, dark pit following a devastating loss. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. So, um, like I said, the message here is, yes, we all lose, but just because we've lost or we didn't maybe, let's say we failed the test, we uh, didn't get the job that we interviewed for or, you know, just something bad happened to us, right? We lost. Don't let that define you. That's not who you are. You define yourself after that defeat and what you take from it and what you learn from it and what you do with it because it should drive you and don't let it define you. Sports this week. We'll start by talking about the Vikings. Uh, obviously, you know, people are probably disappointed with the way the season ended last weekend against the 49ers, but, you know, all in all, I think for them, very successful season. Um, I look at it through the way, you know, Zimmer, what does he want? He wants to establish the run. What did they do this year? They did a really good job establishing the run. Um, you know, their O-line's obviously not great. Everybody knows that. But they did a good job with that O-line in the blocking scheme, the zone blocking scheme. It fits what they have. Now, are they going to fix that? Yes. I bet they're going to, you know, upgrade the O-line, which will help. Because you saw it. I mean, a lot of games this year, you know, the pressure, right? But when you go against one of the best D-lines in the NFL like last weekend against 49ers it really shows and you know Kirk just wasn't comfortable he didn't have time to throw you can't put all the blame on him which everybody seems to do okay um so I would expect him to fix that you know defensively they got to fix you know the pass coverage of their things and if you look at what's going on with them they lost the old coordinator Zimmer didn't renew the D coordinator they're gonna have a lot of changes um but I think what Zimmer wants is the same offensive scheme so expect more of that next year but I think what you're also going to see with the Vikes is a lot of the familiar faces we've been used to the last few years, they're going to be gone. I think they're going to have to make a lot of changes because right now they have, they're 32 out of 30, 32 teams as far as cap room. They have no cap room whatsoever. So they're going to have to uh, do some tinkering, probably cut some guys, some fan favorites, and because um, if they want to get better, they need some money. So they'll look different next year, but I would expect a lot of the same. And it'll be interesting because... I think everyone thinks Mike Zimmer might hire his son as the D coordinator. So I don't know. We'll see. But um, like I said, I, I'm not disappointed in the Viking season. I was happy with where they were. And I think they got a lot to build on. So we'll see what they do with the draft and uh, free agency. And just sticking with Minnesota sports. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about, the Twins finally spent a ton of money on somebody. Um, Josh Donaldson, for you Twins fans, you know who he is. And if you don't know who he is, He's called the bringer of rain or like the rainmaker. I don't even know, something like that because the dude just hits bombs. And obviously with the Bomba squad last year, he's going to fit in perfectly. So I think the plan is they're going to put him at third, move Sano over to first base. Like offensively, the Twins lineup is going to be even better than last year. But probably, let's be honest, they probably won't hit more home runs than they did this year. But they're going to regress. That's just what happens. But they're going to be more explosive, I think. I think they'll be better off. Hopefully, you can make the playoffs. Um, so I'm just excited because the Polads finally spent money. 
Uh, moving on, obviously you got the NFL games this weekend. I'm excited. Uh, Brock and I already talked about those a little bit. So I just love – I'm not even going to pick games here. I'm just going to talk about them. Uh, the Titans game, I, if you've watched the Titans the last few weeks – as a coach, I absolutely love the way Mike Vrabel coaches. He is all about his players. After the game, he's hugging each and every single one of them. Like he's just a player's coach, and I love the relationship he has with him. And he's sort of a gambler too. He just does whatever. He's gonna go against the grain, and um, so I'm a big fan of him. I just love the what he does. He's intense. If you look, he's like he's working out before the games with his team. Like he's out there doing squats and push-ups and all this stuff or planks. The dude's crazy, and I just love it. So excited to see that, and then. You know, the Packers 49ers, it's being a Vikes fan, you never want the Packers to win, but I mean, I'm not gonna lie, they're good. Like, I would expect them to give the 49ers everything they can handle. So, I think you have four really good teams left, so it'll be interesting to see who uh, who's playing in the Super Bowl. Um, but moving on, obviously, football's dwindling down and just had the national championship game. We got to talk about LSU Clemson. I wanted Clemson, I thought the experience would be the difference, but oh my gosh, are you kidding me? LSU is so good. It does, like, Clemson didn't even belong in the same field, in my honest opinion. It's amazing. And I talked about this a long time ago on this podcast when, with Hunter Zenzin, I remember when after Texas lost LSU, and it's like, I said, Joe Burrow, he just throws the ball before those guys, I mean, breaking off the routes, he knows. And it showed Joe Burrow had a heck of a season. He's going to be the number one pick. Like, that is a team that we as fans will always remember. That was one of the best teams I've ever seen. I mean, they destroyed people, so... And just the swag they had. I don't know if people have been paying attention, but there's been videos. They got in trouble because they were smoking cigars in the locker room after the game, and some police officers were in there and tell them to stop. But they just got a lot of swag. They knew. I think they knew they were going to win, and they know they're so good. And um, Interesting note, though, Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, I don't know if anyone saw this, They were. he was giving cash, real money, to some of the LSU players after the game, which is totally illegal. So I'll be interested to see uh, what comes from that. So... But moving on to uh, basketball, uh, NBA. Well, let's get we'll get more serious about that come playoff time. But uh, college basketball, uh, that's what my lot of talks to me about. I've been fortunate enough to watch Duke here the last couple of times they've played. I'm really excited for my Duke Blue Devils this year. Um, but NCAA is wide open this year as far as basketball. There's really no dominant team. So come March when you guys are filling out a bracket, just be prepared to throw it away because I think there's gonna be a lot of upsets and really there's probably 10 or 15 teams you could pick to win it all this year but Duke the difference like last year they were loaded with Zion RJ you know Cam they were just good they could out talent you essentially where this year they're not as talented but I tell you what they play defense and they play defense a lot better than they have in the last probably 10 years and offensively they're efficient so it's a recipe for success and they got a really dominant post they got Trey Jones who's a good guard so I expect them to uh, make a deep run, and I'm just excited because it's fun to watch a Duke team actually play defense. So, um, But with that, there's one thing I do want to talk about. Um, last week I talked about that uh, training that I went to, and I actually got to go to the training with uh, Mrs. Inniger, Holly Inniger, and Mrs. Solom, who's Karen Solom. And I was just being, being a Barnesville guy that I am. I love Barnesville. Obviously people know if you cut me open, I say I bleed purple, right? Well, just being able to go to a training and sit in a car, you know, what, three and a half hours down, three and a half hours back with Karen and Holly. Holly's a Barnes a legend. I mean, she is a Trojan through and through. She's in the Hall of Fame. She was a heck of an athlete, played in college. And Karen, who's arguably one of the best girls basketball coaches this school's ever had, too. Just to sit 
and spend time with two barns of legends i think is awesome like some people might laugh at me and say what are you talking about but i like i said i'm just all all about the trojans and the fact that i got to pick their brains and just have conversations with them was so cool like i i talked about we compared holly's team i think it was the 93 94 girls basketball team versus the 2006 2007 girls basketball team here you know because those are two of the best teams ever to go through the school you know just hearing their comparisons who would guard who it was so fun um just and like i said getting their perspective on things so um but with that being said like it's going to shift to basketball and then softball's coming up so be prepared to hear some softball from me too all right this week in math we started this week with uh two-step equations solving them which sort of built off last week when we did one-step equations. So we did, you know, using addition and subtraction one day last week and then using multiplication or division one day last week too. So this week it was Monday, combining all four of those, and then those equations had two steps instead of one step. Then on Tuesday we talked about independent and dependent variables, how the dependent variables, you know, depend on the independent variable because the independent variable uh, can change. So ask them about that one. And then we've worked on the last uh, two days, writing and graphing inequalities. So inequalities would be like X is less than four. So that, that written as a sentence and writing that as an inequality with an X, the less than sign and then four. So things like that. And then how to graph those with an open circle, a closed circle and so on. So that's gonna lead us tomorrow, Friday. And we're gonna review tomorrow, uh, chat or unit seven or unit eight, excuse me. Which brings us into uh, next week. And next week's a different week because Monday we don't have school. Uh, we'll have a teacher workshop. They'll have it off. Tuesday they come back. We'll review in math. Uh, I'll probably play Jeopardy next Tuesday. But Wednesday we're on the ski trip, which is going to be awesome. Um, and then Thursday we come back. We'll take a test. And then we'll probably look to start uh, Unit 9, maybe that Friday. We'll see. So um, next week's just going to be a little goofy, like I said. And then the following week will be uh, Snowball Week. And there's dress-up days. Um, I'll have to get a list of those, and I'll get those out. But that's what's coming. Uh, and, you know, we got to be prepared. I'm recording this on Thursday, and, you know, we got that winter storm coming tomorrow. So it'll be interesting. Always January is always just a drag. So it gets cold and then snow. So take care of yourselves. Um, but that's what's coming up here this week and next week. And with that, my watch has ended.